We believe in functional mental wellness, a holistic approach to mental health. We know that there's hope for those of us who have experienced trauma, even profound trauma, and that's why we created the Universe Is Your Therapist podcast. We believe whether you call it God, the universe, source, unity, or love, that there is something much greater than us that conspires for our good. We envision a world of healing and connection, and we teach you simple but powerful practices that integrate your mind, body, and spirit so that you can come home to your highest self and your truest identity. You are not broken, you are loved, and you can heal. My name is Amy Hoyt, and together with my sister, Lena, we will take you on a journey of healing and self-discovery. Hi, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. We're so excited you're here. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that has been very helpful for me personally, especially in this past year, and that is clean communication. So why clean communication? One of the things we've realized this year is that a lot of our communication right now in in a public and a private context centers around talking about feelings. And feelings are awesome and they are real. But what Lena has come to realize and I have come to realize from her insights is that a lot of times we say feelings and we mean thoughts. And so clean communication is a way of enhancing our connections with others because we can take some of the emotion out of it and some of the judgment out of it and really get down to basics of what we need to say. So Lena, what, tell us what you conceptualize as clean communication. Sure. I think clean communication has to do with really understanding the role of listener and receiver, as well as the role of speaker and provider of information. And it starts with the concept that we can never make anyone do anything. And that's a really hard concept for humans to accept. Um, And most of us have been taught very cloudy or muddy types of communication, where instead of being aware of what we are feeling and who's responsible for that, which would be me, they're my feelings, I'm responsible. We instead blame, compare, demand, label, and pronounce judgments. And we make up a narrative about the other person's motivation and then respond to that narrative instead of what is actually happening. I love that point because in personal development and other books of that nature, a lot of times I read about stories we tell ourselves. And that reminds me of the narratives we make up through our communication and that it becomes a whole story that then we believe and it sets the tone for future communication. Absolutely. And additionally, because we have human brains, we have an extremely difficult time taking each situation separately, which is what you're referencing. Instead, we tend to hold on to memories from the past and be reminded of those memories or situations in this current situation. So that would be an example. I I like to give examples. So I'm thinking if I'm upset with my partner and I say, I am upset about this, but I also bring up past events. Um, Bringing up past events is referred to sometimes as garbage bagging. So you take the big old bag of garbage you've been holding on to, which are the resentments or the past incidents, and then you dump it all because you're talking about this one time that your partner did or said something that was not helpful to you. So the next question is, how do we do clean communication? And as I was contemplating that, I was thinking that 
One of the best ways to start with queen communication is to make sure that we keep our communication in dyads. So between the two people who are communicating and what happens for, for humans is that when there is tension or stress in a dyad, we tend to pull someone else into that to side with us or to divert attention from the communication we're having as a dyad. When I was working with teens, I would tell them I can I could give you the perfect formula for instant drama. And the formula is this. If there's something happening between you and someone else, bring in a third person. You will have instant drama. It is the number one best rep- recipe for instant drama. Because instead of Between two people, you're making a triangle. It's communication or lack of communication, right? (laughs) But now it involves three people. Right, exactly. And now you have the third person's opinions and their feelings and thoughts on something that's not their business, usually by comparison. Why can't you be more like Suzy Q? I don't have this problem with Suzy Q. And we call that triangulating. Correct. So an example of that would be a mother with two of her children and they're, you know, the issue is between one of the children and the other child gets brought in somehow. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So the other thing we want to be able to do in order to have more clean communication is we want to accurately label our thoughts and opinions as thoughts and our emotions as feelings or emotions. The idea behind this is that when we say, I feel, we want to follow that with an emotion word. And as soon as I say, I feel like, or I feel that, I am now talking about a thought or an opinion. And that really muddies the water and can start an argument. If I say to you, I feel like you are being rude, then you and I start arguing about whether or not your your perception of rude or my perception of rude is correct. If I stay instead focused on my feelings, on a specific behavior, then I avoid all the complications of going down diverted road. What do you mean by specific feelings about a specific behavior? So going back to the example, if I say to you, I feel upset when you say X, Y, Z. That's different than me labeling your behavior. When I label your behavior, what I'm doing is I am in fact making up what your motivation is. Another way that we can enhance clean communication, when we avoid making statements about the other person's perceived motivation or intention, we can have cleaner communication. And the statement about a person's motivation, which is labeling, is actually based on the hearer's perception. And the best example I have of this is when you and I went to Tanzania to visit our friend Meg, and she was needed to go to the university and you were doing something different. So Meg and I went to the University of Tanzania. And when I was there, she was working in a certain part of the library. And so I was just wandering around looking and a woman approached me and she looked at me and she said, oh, you are fat. And when she said that initially, I was really caught off guard. But then I started realizing that in that country at that time, what she was doing basically was calling me wealthy because only people who had money 
to buy food could gain weight. Her words were actually a type of compliment or admiration. And if I had taken those words in the context that I would have in America, I would have been horribly offended. And I didn't need to be horribly offended because her intention was to compliment or praise me. And I think that's such a really good example of that. We can also use short sentences that focus on what we feel or think and always remembering that I am the one responsible for how I think or how I feel. When I am able to do that, I have more productive communication and this allows me to enhance the connection between myself and the receiver of the communication. So the goal in this type of communication is to be known or seen not to be agreed with. If our goal is to seek somebody's agreement with our experience or our opinion, then we're already on the wrong track for clean communication. I would like to interject and ask about the role of validating people. Because I am aware that we can validate another person's perspective without agreeing with it. And what I run into at times are people worry that if they validate, that means an implicit agreement. And I have found that validating is not an agreement. It's actually, it just kind of helps neutralize the conversation in a lot of ways. It's actually a key component of connection. And validation is the ability to understand where the other person is coming from. It's not an agreement. So if Somebody says to me, that restaurant is horrible. The last time we went there, I got food poisoning. I can understand why they would not want to go to that restaurant without agreeing that the restaurant is horrible. And if I start arguing that the restaurant is not horrible, then we are off track in our communication because that's not really the point. What are some of the hiccups or the things that get in the way of clean communication? They are things we all do very, very frequently and subconsciously. We've talked a lot about the negativity bias on our podcast, and this is part of it. One thing that is a huge barrier to clean communication is to tell somebody else how they feel or what they think. And a great example of this was several years ago, I was waiting for a client to come in and there was a father and daughter waiting in the lobby for another therapist. And my office was near the lobby and I could hear their exchange. The dad asked his daughter, who looked about eight years old, if she liked camping. And the daughter said, no. And then the father responded, that's not true. You love camping. And he said all the reasons to her why she loved camping. And that was a missed opportunity for the dad to be benevolently curious and to hear about the experience of his daughter instead of dictating to his daughter her thoughts and feelings. And this is something that we all do, but it gets in the way of clean communication and it halts connection. Sure. I mean, you definitely don't feel seen and heard if someone asks you a question and then they don't acknowledge your answer. Another thing that can be a barrier to clean communication is if I, as the receiver, believe that I'm responsible for fixing your emotions or your experience. That is really hard. I agree. Especially as an empath, it is my instinct to want to help and fix. And I am aware that that is something I am still working on, not jumping in and trying to 
solve things, but just listening. One of the impacts of trauma is the nervous system's desire to make everything smooth and okay and even so that nobody will get hurt. So it's a very understandable response when we've had childhood trauma and it interferes with connection. And I also am aware that it's not simply those who have had trauma, but tension or problems, they don't feel good in my body. Even if there's there's not a tension between people, but if someone comes to me with a problem, it doesn't feel good because I feel sad that they're hurting. And so for me, it comes out of a place of deep empathy. And especially one of my challenges is if I know something that will help them, I just want to tell them, (laughs) but it is not helpful for connection a lot of times. Yes, absolutely true. In fact, making a suggestion or giving people advice is antithetical to connection. And one way around that is to ask the person who's providing the information if they are open to or would like some advice or suggestions. Yes, I've seen you do that. You'll say, would you like suggestions or would you like me to just listen? And I love that. Thank you. I love that I have been able to be aware of this and working on this in the last few years. If I believe that the other person is responsible for fixing my emotions, that gets in the way of clean communication because I'm expecting a response and I am putting the responsibility for how I feel on the other person and their behavior. And that's a recipe for disaster. If I demand that somebody change their behavior so that I can feel better, that is a block to connection and to clean communication. And this is what Marshall Rosenberg calls aggressive communication. He's the father of the nonviolent communication movement. And he also identifies the following behaviors as aggressive communication. Those are labeling, comparing, judging, labeling thoughts as emotions. So I feel you're being a jerk is not an emotion. Giving advice, making suggestions, or providing solutions. Trying to persuade someone with logic or lecturing so that you can seek an agreement from that person is considered aggressive in the realm of nonviolent communication. Interrupting or talking over someone because you disagree and assuming someone's intent or motivation and responding to that assumption instead of what words were actually said. Okay. And so we have talked a lot about the 12 steps in our podcast before, and this sounds like keeping our side of the street clean. Absolutely. It is. When we are able to stay focused on our part, things can be much more clean in our communication, and the sense of connection can be enhanced. Okay, so what are our action steps? Let's choose three action steps we can give to our listeners as we wrap up this episode so that they can go out and practice having cleaner communication. I think one action step is to understand that we are co-creators of our connections with others, and that when we have important relationships, if we can stay focused on our part and what we can do to enhance those relationships and to enhance communication within those relationships, that allows us to move forward in connection. If you could reflect on maybe how you have tended to communicate with people, and we want to suggest that 
that we do this in a non-judgmental way because awareness disappears as soon as judgment appears. And if you are self-judging or criticizing, then you are going to be stuck in a place where you're not aware of your own behavior. And an Another one can be practicing expressing yourself in short sentences, particularly when you are upset. What we tend to do when we are upset is we tend to explain and explain, oftentimes because we are wanting somebody to understand us. But when we're upset, the best thing to do is a short two or three sentences without blaming somebody and owning our own feelings and then stopping and waiting for a response. I think that's a great suggestion and something I'm also working on. The other thing I know that we can do is to practice making very specific requests instead of vague requests. My past communication style sometimes would be the cat litter needs to be changed. So that seems specific, but it's a general observation. And what it really means is I want you, whoever that is I'm talking to, to please change the cat litter since it's your cat or since it's you had committed to doing that. But what my hiccup is, is that I'll make these general observations and I think I'm being specific, but I'm actually not being specific enough. That's a great example. I think many of us do that. Okay. Well, thank you so much as always. We're so grateful that you joined us and remember to be kind to yourself and remember that we're human and that when we are triggered during a conversation, even when we're practicing our clean communication, it's always okay to take a pause in the conversation. And Lena and I did that this week. We said, hold on, hold on, hold on, and took a little pause. And we've done that before in a lot of different moments where sometimes the pause is a few days, sometimes it's a couple weeks, and sometimes it's a few minutes. It is okay to put a pin in a conversation knowing that you're going down a road of not being productive in your communication. We love you. Thank you for joining us. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to go deeper on this subject or any other subjects we've covered in the podcast, we are so excited to be launching our signature membership program at MendingTrauma.com. This is a trauma-informed mental health membership where we combine clinically effective practices, courses, and mentoring while putting you in the driver's seat. We teach you how to heal your trauma with the latest research combining mind, body, and spirit. We want to walk you through a healing journey while also empowering you. If you have felt this episode is helpful, we would absolutely love if you would go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your pods and give us a review. We'd also love it if you would share it with someone you think it might help. Tag us on social media at mendingtrauma.com or at Amy Hoyt PhD. We would love to reshare. And also, if there's anything we can do to help, we would love to hear from you. Email info at mendingtrauma.com. Give us your suggestions or topics you want to hear about. We would absolutely love to be of more service to you. We're so excited because we have so many good episodes coming up in season two, and we can't wait to go on this journey with you.